Hello, Success Family. Welcome to this episode of Conversation with the C-Suite, the Leadership Masterclass for everything that you need to know to make it to the C-Suite. And today's topic is one of operations. And here again, I was looking for a female leader that will answer all my questions about ops, including how to get into operations, what do they do in operations, and what more can we learn? And here I am with Mala Ramakrishnan, who's my guest today. She's the Chief Operating Officer and co-founder of Kuo, a company that is extremely focused on customer experience and customers. What a double whammy, right? Mala, welcome to the show. Thank you, Shubha. What an honor for me to be here. Is, is it Subha or Shubha? Sorry. Actually, you know, I like to be called as Shubha and I want to scold my parents for not keeping the name as SH, but SU. So it will be great if you can call me Shubha. Okay. Well, thank you, Shubha. It's such an honor to be featured by you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let's jump right in. And uh, so, so Mala, operations is one of the most crucial offers for a company and mainly for a CEO, right? Because I have a first-hand experience where the CEOs rely largely on the operations officer to do decide on many things. So please tell us about the role of a, a chief operating officer and how it impacts an organization. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd look at the CEO role as the second in command that does the execution in the organization, right? The CEO usually gets the seat to drive the strategy um, and get featured in thought leadership. And the CEO is like the, you know, the arms and legs of the organization, making sure that, that there's extreme operational efficiency in the organization. The operations role varies based on the size of the company, just like any other C-level function. Um, at, at its core, I own pretty much all parts of the organization, right? And I ensure there's efficiency in daily operations and that there is alignment with every single part of the organization with the long-term vision of the organization. So in a startup, which is what I my speciality is, it's a critical differentiation of having um, high velocity in operations, right? And velocity means everything for, an, for a startup. That's the only advantage we have in some cases because you're up against the giants. And so the operations role is about ensuring throughput and velocity, whether it's research and development or go to market or sales or even customer success. And, you know, that's, that's the core part of what I uh, work on. Nice. Okay. Now, um, operations, like like you actually led me into my next question, right? Operations is generally an umbrella term, right? I mean, I have read multiple terminologies that categorize ops into further uh, subgroups, like, you know, business operations, IT operations, revenue operations, etc. So please, you know, decode this for us, right? Are there really multiple streams of operations? Do you need to have those multiple streams and what do you do in each right if you can if you can decipher these various substreams for us today yeah so there are different business processes that underlie the different functions in an organization right so if you think about revenue operations for instance the goal of revenue ops is to ensure that you stop revenue leak <clears throat> and you're more precise you deliver precision in revenue prediction Yes. Um, and then you ensure payments are met in time. If you have to send uh, customers to collections or you want to deal with some customers who are tardy with their payments in a more, you know, a, a white glove way so that you don't lose them. So those sorts of things is what revenue ops typically deals with, which is very different than IT ops, for instance. IT ops will in involve ensuring there's efficiency in 
uh, IT, maintaining and developing and supporting IT systems. And then business ops. Business ops typically it's larger organizations where the goal is to harness the maximum throughput and value you can get out of the different assets in your organization. So each of these requires a different set of skills and different people operating in the role, different sets of products you need to use and tools you need to use in order to maximize it. So I usually have teams that operate on each of these areas and then I'm really managing the throughput and efficiency across it, measuring different metrics in order to measure success and of course are the right people in the right seats. Beautiful. So is it fair to assume that all these eventually roll into the COO? Any ops? That's right. Yeah. That's, so okay. all, all ops in actually in, in a startup, the individual functions itself roll up. Like I manage product engineering, I manage pre-sales, I manage marketing. So all those teams report into me directly. And the CEO is really, you know, responsible for fundraising, for setting the thought leadership and strategy. He's always traveling, my CEO, yeah. my co-founder at least. And so he doesn't have the time and the inclination to be involved in the tactics of the daily operations. And that's my strength. So that's that's how we split the roles. Very nice, because I didn't know this till today, because um, I mean, all along, I have been thinking that ops generally means business ops. But now as I hear more of these terminologies, now it makes sense. So the role of ops is to tie all of these together and to do an execution that ends the entire organization. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. If you don't have something overseeing it, then each unit will be maximizing for efficiency. But then there won't be a long term vision that they're all tying themselves around. And so that can be a challenge. Yeah. Absolutely. So how does operations, a COO, tie into the overall success and goals of a company, right? Because if you're if you're the right hand or the execution arm of the CEO, then pretty much all the metrics that a CEO or a company is held responsible for becomes your responsibility as well. Since operations is usually perceived as an office that tracks, right? I mean, sorry for that. I don't mean to yeah. integrate the office, but generally ops is... Uh, thought of as tracking and uh, making sure people do the execution. What is your re really an ops office goals and KRAs? Yeah, absolutely. So it's like the CEO and I are attached at the hip when it comes to our success, right? And we are, have a joint vision of where the organization should go. Um, I am involved in continuously ensuring that the daily operations match those requirements that we need in order to get to the long-term goals versus what he does is he's continuously fueling the company in terms of the finance to be able to generate revenues and his sole focus is money right generating revenues generating um, uh, VC funding if that's what's needed or private equity funding right building those relationships versus I am just the execution arm making sure that we deliver the product get the product market fit so my role starts with demand generation honestly overseeing the MQL to SQL ratio in marketing so I, I, my marketing head reports into me and that's what we do with that person and the team there. We have a whole team. And then we ensure that we have processes in place to continually drive the product market fit, right? So not only are you generating the right, the right demand, but is the product meeting those requirements? So that ties into the uh, operational efficiency in engineering. Do we have the right engineers? Do we have the right technical talent? Do we have the right architecture in the product? Um, and of course, I hire people to do oversee that work. I have a VP of Eng, I have a head of architecture, but then does it all tie in neatly so that the demand generation funnel matches that in order for us to get product market fit? And then what about the revenue ops, right? And in a startup, it's more predicting churn and estimating quarterly revenues so that 
eventually when we're uh, a bigger company, we can continue to meet our external facing metrics. So I drive the executive team to alignment. So I have a weekly uh, meeting where I'm, a management team meeting where I'm driving their metrics and goals, it's a 90 minute session and people prepare for it. And then we have quarterly goals um, and we measure the success of each department with those quarterly goals. Each of the heads of those departments are measured based on those metrics. So I'm the one that they are all accountable to when it comes, uh, you know, end of day. And sometimes the CEO doesn't have time to attend as well, right? So I'm there making sure the whole uh, show is up and running and we're meeting our requirements. Okay. That reminds me of uh, the role that Sheryl Sandberg held in Facebook. You know, she was doing both COO and she was also responsible for sales. That's right. She was responsible for launching uh, new initiatives that would bring or drive revenue. So I can That's totally... very typical, yeah, because we come from different backgrounds to become the head of ops. So my strength is in product and engineering. Right. And so I was hired actually as the chief product officer, but I took on the operational oh. function because we need efficiency across the organization far beyond just product and engineering. Yeah. So it's very typical. You'll find the CEO own one function in addition to the operational efficiency. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. So you own product and ops. Okay. That's Got right. It. Yeah, that's my strength. That's your strength. Okay. So what other areas of the C-suite does operations influence? Like how do you bring about uh, changes in a product or GTM? It's a very fitting question because you also drive a product, right? Uh, so how do you connect? Like my question is, you're observing certain things in ops. Um, you know, you're observing some data points or leading you to leading you into a strategy change that you need to bring in the product or you drive into the GTM. How does the two tie? Like, you know, does it tie? How do you how do you take it beyond just numbers into actual uh, changes that impact various functions? Yeah, you know, there are many uh, frameworks you can use to um, to work through change in an organization. The one that I like to use is called the Entrepreneur Operating System, EOS. Um, it really uh, empowers the individuals who are reporting into you to make those changes. And it, it also um, gives visibility into what changes need to be made. That way, it's not directional coming from me saying, revenue is struggling, product needs to fix their show, these are the challenges. It becomes very apparent when you use the framework that these are the challenges because the metrics that we're measuring ourselves against are not being met. And these are the, it's basically like an OKR system, right? The key results that we need to focus on, we need to change them continuously. And sometimes it may mean that we fire people who are in the low roles, or you know we hire new sorts of uh, resources, new kind of talent that we might need. Sometimes it's hiring the, getting the right systems, licenses we might need in order to change the processes and systems, um, or changing the goals itself, right? So that we are we are accountable to the board, but um, we'll have to go back and think about how do we position those changes. It has to be done in a way that the people don't just quit because they're upset, or it's just not me pointing a finger at them every yeah. single day. And so yeah, it's a, it's an interesting and challenging. It's a political yeah. role. Yeah, it's, and a I like finesse. it's a role the way you need a lot of finesse, uh, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, it comes with the experience after you've run each of those individual functions that you you know what it's like sitting in the seat being told what to do and therefore you, you are able to uh, pull this one off at a higher level. Yeah. Great. So what does it take to get into uh, the office of the COO or to become a COO itself? Just alluding to what you have been telling us so far, execution skills is definitely key. 
right hands on yeah. does it also require that you understand the various other functions uh, across the organization you have some experience because it's very difficult to find a person that has touch points in all aspects of if organization right so how yeah. how can you become a coo Yeah, you know the 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 theory is that if you have reached a certain level of leadership in any one function you can actually lead any other function right mm-hmm. and that that I'm sure you know as at the level that you're at Shubha right that if you become incredibly efficient at leading sales for instance and you you become and there's an experiment I was actually part of in another mm-hmm. startup when they switch the head of sales to be head of product we were doing just fine because you're leveraging each other's strength at the level of your team and then you're executing at the level of your direct reports so with you should have that confidence when you say i'm going to do something and with that confidence i was actually ceo of my own startup mm-hmm. and that's what gave me the strength and discovery saying where do i exactly fit i found that i was struggling as ceo in all honesty as a, in a startup because i had to be on the road so much and i had children i was struggling to balance it all and i realized i make a great number too and why not why shouldn't i why do not? yeah right? why should yeah and i i really enjoy it as well yeah, yeah. and so um to, for, so that's the thing you need to know if that's a fit for you some people don't like being number 2 and so if you're going to be constantly creating the ceo's job you won't be enjoying the role and being good with your function yeah. so i think it's those things right realizing you can do it real, and then figuring out where you want to really fit and then of course you know i've been working for many years almost 25 years now so i've head product I've had engineering as a VP eng. I've run marketing uh, massive organizations. And so I, those are my strengths and I know how to do those really well. And if you look at me by DNA when you see me work, by my I am a pre-sales engineer by nature, which is how I've managed to enter product and marketing and switch so many roles. So those functions are very easy for me to manage and so those strengths I pick can do a good job with those. And then I say okay, now let me think about what else like customer success, professional services, sales, right and and i hire the right people um in order to balance my my skill set in order to manage this nice yeah. nice very nice actually i like what you said because at a certain leadership level you have had so much exposure to all the other functions yeah. that leading is not is not rocket science it is doable exactly yeah 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 so um so now let me come to like it looks like operations can also be made digital right a lot of uh, digitization is possible uh, in customer success as i see is happening so is the case with operations also is this true uh, what are your observations and take on uh, the leveraging ai in operations and digitizing ops in general absolutely i think the we we are at a pinnacle at this point where digital transformation has transformed the way we do ops right and there are companies you can name clary and revops the service now in it ops there is so many a whole slew of companies to improve okay. operational efficiency um and i think we're at this pinnacle where it's going to take the next shift where ai has to be leveraged and machine learning first has to be the mindset of ops um so there's a whole lot of potential to change the industry with that where you can actually augment a lot of the ops functionality and maybe replace some of the you know manual and repetitive tasks that happen in different parts of the organization and i'm all for that um that being said i don't think you can completely replace um uh, the operational function with ai only because there's so much domain knowledge needed 
and it's very subjective decision making that happens every single day in every uh, every organization like if you look at the i like to analyze the phase of the company and the phase of the product right a phase 0 company is a startup with a phase 2 product which means they might have some traction right mm-hmm. versus a phase 3 company which might be publicly traded with a phase 0 product a new kind of product you're introducing each of those comes with a different set of parameters you need to work with when it comes to marketing product market fit engineering efficiency customer success and so you need a human an expert who's been around and has done all of those different functions in different organizations to make that right set of decisions at every step um so that that kind of decision making only a human being can do um that's my firm belief but there is a lot that can be augmented because data driven decisions are really hard for humans to make especially when you're so time strapped yeah. machine learning algorithms and you know leveraging the data in an infrastructure can make all the difference and change true very true and what does success look like for a ceo like you know um now when you look back um, let's say you're completing your tenure as a ceo and you're looking at and you know you're doing a self analysis so if you have to call yourself as job phenomenally done what would success look like to you my success is measured based on the success of the business right and so we set goals on a quarterly basis it's usually if you think of the success of the business it's overarching revenue metrics correct right you have to stay alive it's a it's a capitalistic economy and you have to pay the bills you have to pay your employees uh uh bills right and so it, when you look at the okrs it breaks down into metrics that would tie into the revenue metrics but it could it's usually things that are you know every week i measure myself and i measure my team as well on do we have clarity of mission mission right does everybody on the organization understand why they're doing what they're doing and what is the company's mission and then do we have the right people in the right seats that can make all the difference sometimes we compromise saying we're just scared to you know fire somebody or part ways with somebody and that derails the organization so every week i check do we have the right people in the right seats and then keeping the tra- team on tracks on track on all quarterly goals so if even one team misses a goal then i think of myself as as someone who has not succeeded because as a leader your goal is to support your organization right so when i look back every quarter or every business that i have run i'm usually trying to see is the business still alive is it you know has it been absorbed is the product still alive are they meeting their revenue goals today and then that's the measure of overall overarching success i've had and then what about the people did the people land well um did they see that as a stepping stone in their own careers right and then you know uh, did they did they actually meet their quarterly earnings and quarterly goals while i was there running the function right you said it so beautifully right i mean no matter what you do ultimately your success even a product organization right if you're building a product that doesn't generate revenue what is the point even if it is the best product around right it yeah. all ties into the revenue numbers but each of us are coming with an impact in our own uh way exactly right? yeah. yeah so personally in your career i mean what is that one impact that you're extremely proud of the pinnacle of your career if i will it it need not oh. be in hops you know it 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 can be in anything in general Yeah, I don't look at my function as an ops function or product function because I move around so much and play different roles. I think in my current role I've had a lot of impact and success, right? Um from the time I've started I've kick-started the inbound demand generation funnel. Um 
And so th that, that's a big deal for a startup to be able to start getting people to get, collect interest and start coming to you, knocking on their door. And then uh, coming up with the right product in order for us to differentiate ourselves, right? Setting competitive differentiation. Uh, previously, it was just an engineering organization taking direction and building stuff versus saying, hey, what's the market and what's the big impact I can have? So I think those two ways, I, I measure myself on those two, even in previous organizations, I think those are my strengths. Where am I able to kickstart the demand gen? Are we able to establish the right product in the market so that we can change who's being impacted? Um, and that, that's, that's a success I have over and over again. Okay, awesome. And, and any failures, like is there something where, where, you, where you missed your target or goals in your career, where uh, you know, the impact did not happen? That happens all the time. Um, so when, uh, when we set quarterly goals, especially in a startup, and my world is a startup because I've been an entrepreneur so many times and I enjoy it. Um, we set, a, set metrics so that we can see how far off are we on it. And I'd say if you hit about 50% of it, you succeed in the first quarter, right? And then gradually you inch it up towards 80%, but there'll always be failures. It's what you make of those failures yeah. and how how quickly are you able to turn the business around to continuously improve it. Yeah. Um, so do I look at my failures? Absolutely, I do. I, I, I think one of the failures that I look at and I, which I learned from a lot was at a company called Cloudera, where I was a head of product and marketing for the cloud business unit. Um, we were late to market compared to Amazon EMR and um, you know Azure and Google, and we, I didn't know at the time when I took on the function. So it, it, it really hurt the business. We had to shut the business unit down and we all had to lose our jobs because of the fact that the, the, as leadership, the organization had not seen early enough about the impact of cloud. And this is like 2017, 2018, right? When cloud was still like picking up really fast, but not, not quite sure if you should invest in it when you have a huge on-prem uh, uh, customer base and which you're, where you're making a lot of profits. It nuked the business eventually. By the, now we're looking at it and Cloudera had to merge with their worst competition, right? Kill their uh, cloud business unit, re-innovate, and meanwhile Databricks was born. So the data, I think data companies in general have the challenge because the innovation happens so fast. It's so easy to miss the innovation because you're so focused on your go-to-market strategy. Um, and so that's why you need these kind of roles where it's not just a CEO trying to do everything. You have someone who's actually overseeing some of the uh, pitfalls and looking around, looking out for you from the business perspective. Yeah. Wow. All right. So that was our session on ops. Um, now let's go to our rapid fire session where we do believe that we need to poke all our leaders a little bit to understand a little bit of the personal side of them. So are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Um, okay. So you're off to the moon and you're likely never coming back and you're allowed to take one thing with you. What will that be? Um, and either it'll be my new pup or my yoga mat. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll take uh, my yoga mat. I'd yoga mat. Yoga <laughs> <meditate>. Okay. <laughs> What's your North Star? What drives you? Like, you know, you will not deviate from, uh, from that. My North Star is to be fully present and give the very best I can to every person who's in front of me. Okay. Your USP of brand value, you're not in the room and your friends and well-wishers are all assembled in that room and they are talking about you. What are they likely telling? 
that I bring a sense of urgency to everything I do and a sense of importance to everything. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What did young Mala in her 20s really wanted to be? And are you living it now? Uh, I'm not living it yet. I want to be a venture capitalist, funding, uh, you know, maybe a thousand women in the workplace to start their own companies. <laughs> right? I wanted, I had to start my own companies in order to figure out what that takes. And I'm still doing yeah. that. So um, that would be the next step for me. Nice. So in a, if a bunch of college grads, all exactly same academic skills and grades are coming to you for a seat in your table, right? What would it take for them to get that seat in terms of soft skills? I would look for enthusiasm. Enthusiasm is the number one differentiator, right? It's not something you can learn in a college degree. If that person is super motivated and enthusiastic to do their very best, I'll take that person. Okay. So a book or a personality or a movie or something that, that keeps inspiring you that you go back to again and again and again to sustain that inspiration, what would that be? So I go back to Sri Sri Ravi Shankar. He's my guru. I'm an art of living teacher. And he's the source of uh, common sense, wisdom, love, enlightenment. So if I'm down or if I need uh, support, that's where I turn. Oh, okay. Right. So if you were to do all over this again, in terms of your career, what would you definitely do? What would you definitely not do? It could be an advice or it could be whatever, right? Reflection. Yeah, what would I definitely do? I would definitely do everything I've done. I don't have any regrets. Quitting jobs uh, without uh, backups, um, <laughs> right? Starting companies without knowing how to, <laughs> taking on functions like running product and marketing for a cloud business unit when I had no idea what it took. All of those are good learning and good experience. What I wouldn't do is be so harsh on myself from the parenting perspective. Hmm. I always like, you know, beat myself up that I'm never enough as a mother, holding myself back from taking that business trip or eating that lunch or staying another night. Um, I think your kids turn out fine. As, and they are actually driven by your purpose. When they okay. see you driven by your mission, they realize it's okay for them to do the same. <laughs> and they don't want to be the one holding you back. Yeah. Absolutely. Any final quotes? parting thoughts or you want to share your, about your product or your LinkedIn handle, anything, any message that you want to leave uh, before we wrap the show? Yeah, I'd say take, take a risk, right? Take a risk in your career. Take a chance at something that's hard and difficult and that feels like impossible and only then you grow. And that's what I'm doing right now in, in my role as the Chief Operating Officer at Kovo. Okay. Thank you, Mala. I think we did a beautiful job in uncovering what it takes to be at the ops office. Uh, thank you for your time. And, uh, you know, I, I hope to meet you soon. And, and good luck for your dream to become a VC. Thank you, Shifa. I really appreciate it. Bye.